0: Good morning once again. We're so happy to be with you this morning. I was thinking as we were saying the creed and uh, singing this morning, you know, we love helping people worship in their own language and with their own music styles, and it is so nice to be back worshiping in our own language and in our own worship style. So thank you for letting us worship with you today. Uh, I, once again, I'm Kelsey, and I work in scripture engagement, working to help people use the Bible. Um, Sometimes it's boring stuff that is really important, um, like distribution systems and accessibility issues, um, audio Bibles, stuff like that. And um, sometimes it's other things like building an app so people have the Bible available on their smartphones, or working with video and arts and things like that, and all of it for God's glory and for the purpose of people being able to be more engaged with their Bibles and with God's Word in their lives.
1: Yeah, and and I'm Carl. uh, And uh, like I said before, my focus is more in translation work and um, in the nitty-gritty bits of language, and making sure that we have, we're tra- when we're translating, we're doing the best possible job we can to give people the best possible Bible that we can. Um, this is our family. Uh, we like uh, this is our family, myself, Kelsey, and our five kids. Yes, five. Mary Jane, Audrey, Judah, and Gideon and Isaac are our twins. This is a picture of us in Botswana at Easter, um, this last Easter. So that's that's our crew right there. So. Um, Lutheran Lutheran Bible translators exist, however, to uh, to to bring the word God's word uh, to make God's word accessible to those who do not yet have it in the language of their hearts. Uh, and so that's why uh, that's why we do what we do uh, is to make it possible for everyone in the world, no matter what language they speak, um, no matter what language they prefer, to make it possible for them to have the word of God in their language, so that they can read it. Uh, hear it, listen to it, whatever, whatever they want to do, they can, they can make that possible um, because we feel it's important for all people to have that gift.
0: Uh, so we live in Mahun, Botswana, and we love living there. It's right between the Okavango Delta and the Kalahari Desert. Uh, if you look it up on Netflix, you can find specials about the Okavango Delta. It's a beautiful place to live, We love going camping, our kids go to a great school, we feel very blessed that that is where God has called us, to a place that is so good for our family and also has such a need for Bible translation. Uh, But turning to today's scripture, when when we're reading in the gospel today, and I did notice it's the same thing that's on the stained glass window here. The John 17 is uh, obviously very important to this congregation and such a beautiful passage. Um, Jesus, right before he is crucified, this is his prayer straight to his father. Uh, such a beautiful and intimate look at what was on Jesus' heart and on, in his mind before he was going to his own death. i want to focus in here on John 17, verses 20 and 21. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. And how much oneness is Jesus praying for? He's praying, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The level of unity Jesus is after is as much as he and the Father are united. And that is a lot of unity, and that, is, that was what was on Jesus' heart before his crucifixion, that we would be united. Uh, and then Peter, for the next generation, teaches it like this in 1 Peter 3. Uh, The first verse of that passage that we read today, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. God calls us to be one. He calls us to be united. And what what unites us with Christians around the world is God's word.
1: Right. It's a wonderful thing. But, you know, it's crazy to think. um, It's the year 2020, right? Uh, But believe it or not, Christians around the world do not have access to the Bible in their own language. All right? There are there are about 7, 000, there are about 7,300 languages that are spoken by 7.7 7 billion people in the world today. That kind of gives you an idea of where they where those languages are and how they break down, but like I said, 7,300 languages spoken by 7.7 7 billion people in the world today. But of those languages, only 698 of them have a complete Bible translation. 698 out of 7300 have a complete bible translation. Now there are about 1500 languages that have like a complete testament like the complete new testament. And then there are about another 1100 of them that have something. You know, they might have just one of the gospels or just like a collection of scripture verses or something like that, but they have something. But for almost, for more than 3900 languages, they have absolutely no scripture published whatsoever. And that represents more than 252 million people in the world today that can't listen, that can't pick up a Bible and read it, that can't sit in church on a Sunday morning and do it. And that's why that's why we do what we do. It's why we're a part of Lutheran Bible translators, because we want all people to be able to read the Bible in their own language. Um, we live in Botswana, and that's, that's where we live and work. Here's just a couple of facts about Botswana, just to kind of give you an idea. There are about 2.1 million people in a, in a country that's a little bit smaller than the state of Texas. So that gives you an idea. It's very, not very densely populated. There's a lot of room around. Um, and there are actually 31 total languages spoken. 31 languages spoken in there uh, among only 2.1 million people. So that's a lot of different languages for that small of a group. Um, and this map here actually gives you an idea of how, those, how these languages traditionally, this is some traditional, like there's a lot more crossing of these borders, but um, there, uh, this kind of shows you how these languages are laid out in the country. Um, and actually here, down here is Kala, you can see Kalahadi. This is the Shekhalahadi language group that we were working with. Um, and, uh, this is our, this right here is Kong is our project office where the project office is right there in the middle of their, um, their traditional area. And then we also are working with the Xiei language, which is this tiny little sliver of pink right up there. Now, like I said, maps aren't perfect. the the way people actually live all through here and up into Namibia and Zambia and all that kind of stuff. They live all through here, but that's traditionally where you can find them, I guess. Um, but the, the project office here is in Maun, right there, where you can see. There's, you can kind of see the little dot right there. There's Maun. That's the, where we live and work. Um, now, even though there are 30, 31 languages spoken in Botswana, English is the official language of the country. They were a British protectorate from the mid-1800s until 1966, when they became, when they got their independence. And so, most people in Botswana, or many people in Botswana, speak English to some degree or another. Uh, But the national language of Botswana is Setswana, and most people will speak Setswana, again, to some degree or another. But if you think about, okay, there are 31 languages. If you know English and Setswana, and maybe you know one of the other ones, you probably speak three, maybe even four languages. So it's a very different culture Um, there, much more multilingual, um, and and those kinds of things uh, are much more a way of life for the people that live in Botswana
0: like to zoom in even a little bit further, so we've talked about the world and the Bible translation work there is to do, um, all the way down to the Bakalahari people, those are one of the language groups that we are working with to publish the New Testament. Uh, They live in the Kalahari Desert, you can kind of see in Kalahari, it looks like Kalahari, they are the Ba-Kalahari, the people of the Kalahari Desert. Uh, They um, live in that area, and they've never had their anything published, printed in their own language. Uh, The New Testament will be the first official thing printed in their language. Um, So Carl told you most of them speak some degree of English. It could be a lot, it could be a little. Um, Even more of them speak Setswana. So why a Bible translation? If they have a couple of languages that are at least somewhat accessible to them, there is a Setswana Bible, why do we need to worry about Bible translation into their mother tongue, into Shekelahati? I want to give you a little example of what it might be like if you were a Bakalahati person coming to church on Sunday and hearing the scripture in what is not your mother tongue, in what is a, a different language. You speak it, but maybe it's not as comprehensible. So let's see, I picked on Pastor Kurt in the first service. Um, Andrew, do you want to give it a shot this time? I'm gonna, we're going to put scripture passage up here and ask Pastor Andrew to read it um, just for a little feel of what it might be like for a Shekalahati spe- speaker on a Sunday morning just read that oh, oh there's there the there's place. where they live oh, yeah. so i uh, i had a preview of this and i'm going to do worse so. okay so just the first half there all right but because of his great yalan for us dios who is rich in kaweh Seyapan with cristo even when we were dead in nuya is by kamak you have been jo rojo all right well thank done you. <laughs> yes very very good very Impressive. good yes so if you notice most of those words are comprehensible to us. I'm, I'm assuming that we're all first language English speakers. And if you're not, I apologize. But for the majority of us in the room, our first language English, we, un- we see most of the words. We kind of know what's going on. Now, there's a couple words that um, we maybe understand, but they're not our words. Like Dios, I bet many of you have seen that's the Spanish word for God, so I can pick that out. Or Cristo, I can figure out that that means Christ. Um, but then there's some words that are just totally incomprehensible to us as English speakers. So if you can imagine going to church, and this is what the scripture sounds like, what are you missing? You're missing love. You're missing those most important things, mercy, being made alive in Christ. It is by grace you have been saved. When you hear the scripture in a language that is not your mother tongue, those are the things that you're likely to miss. The most important stuff the meat of the gospel. And that's why we find Bible translation into minority languages to be a worthwhile thing. Even more than that, um, in, Shikala, in the Shikalahari speaking area, they are looked down upon. They are second-class citizens. If you are a, uh, a Shikalahati speaker, you might try to hide that in the bigger cities. You try to get rid of your Shikalahari accent when you're speaking Setswana. Um, They're not regarded as people who are as intelligent as Setswana speakers. Um, Even in the Setswana Bible, this shows up. Um, Colossians 3.11, in English we read it, and it says, Here there is no Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. In the Setswana translation of the Bible, the word barbarian, barbarian is translated as likalahari. So right in the Scripture... Barbarian is translated as one of these people. That's not a Bible I would really want to know about or a God that I would want to follow if in the scriptures it talks about me as a barbarian. Um, Even more than that, it's le kalahari. And I've been saying, I don't know if you've noticed, I've been saying ba kalahari for people of the Kalahari. Putting that le at the beginning of the word, that's a noun class that is generally reserved for non-human objects. So it's not even calling it, calling, it's calling them not less than human, right in the scriptures. Um, and I don't know about you, but that's not a God that I would want to know about or a Bible I would want to read. Um, we've heard it compared to, by pastors in the Bakalahati areas, uh, it's, it's like a, an African American being called the N-word. And it's right there in scripture, calling them that when they open their Bibles. Um, that would not be, a religion I would be interested in, and that's why we find Bible translation to be so worth it.
1: Um, even though that's the case, through God's great power and grace, many bakalahari people are Christian. The church is alive and well among the Bakalahadi people. Um, They—it's—it's it's just inc- it's incredible. Uh, I mean, the Lutheran the Lutheran Church there actually has, um, like, they have evangelists, like, uh, like they have pastors, they have deacons, but then they also have evangelists—people that go out and. Preach the gospel out in villages and things like that. It's really, it's really incredible. Um, but they, so these people, they know Jesus and they they want to get to know him him better. Um, they they really do. And that, there, there's a big difference about having scripture in your mother in in your mother tongue in your heart, the language of your heart, right? Um, this gentleman here um, that that I'm that I'm with there that is uh, Reverend Doctor Obaletswe malthaupi all right, and he notice I said he's a Reverend Doctor. Yes, he has two advanced degrees in theology. He has an MDiv, and then also he just recently completed his PhD uh, in New Testament theology. He actually studied at Cambridge University for a while um, in pursuit of his PhD. Um, and so he is a he's a pastor. Um, he's a pastor in the in the in the church there in Botswana, and um, he speaks so. And and he is he is Mokalahari. So he speaks Shikalahari. That's his first language. He also knows Setswana. He also knows English very well, in fact, I was able to have a great conversation with him. But then because of his theological education, he knows Greek and he knows Hebrew. All right so he can read the Bible in how many languages is that? All right? So you, he can read the Bible very well and he knows the Bible very well. He knows the Bible very well. but right there, um, I was able to play when I met with him, I was able to play with him play for him the audio of the New Testament that we've recorded. We've recorded part of the audio that we have, and we we share it um, we, we, we share it as much as we can, but I was able to play the audio for him of the Shekelahadi New Testament. And when he heard those words, his eyes just filled with tears. He was so incredibly happy to hear in his own language the Bible. I mean, here, here's a guy, he, he knows five different languages. He can read the Bible in all these different languages. He can read them in the original. But still, hearing it in his own language... Just made it so much more meaningful. Made it so much deeper for him to experience that. It was an, it was an incredible incredible gift. Now many many times, like I said, we we try to play the audio as much as we can because people get excited when they hear about it. Right when they hear the audio, people get excited. They're like, "Wow, that's my language coming out of you know that's my language. This is great." I, we have one of the members of our advisory committee actually. He went and bought a smartphone. Like he went out and he bought a smartphone just so that he could have this, our, our Bible app, that he could play it. And he goes, every time we go anywhere, the first thing he does, he pulls his smartphone out of his pocket. Here, listen, listen. And he just pushes play and he just holds it, shoves it in people's face. <laughs> to have them hear, he's like, listen, it's our language. He's so, he's so excited and people are so excited when they hear it. This, I mean, they, their eyes light up. They smile. They're so happy to hear their language. You know, to hear their language and to have that scripture in their own language, it's such an incredible gift. And we're so excited. They're so excited about that. And we're excited to be a part of that. Um, and to, to be working toward this goal of having the Bible in their language, you know. There are people, they, 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 they have all kinds of reactions, but they will put, you know, they'll put aside their disagreements. You know, we've had meetings where we are like they might start arguing about, oh, we should we should use this word instead of that word, or we we should spell it this way or spell it that way or something like that. And they say, you know what? Nope, ne- never mind. We're going to focus on we're going to focus on just working through this. We want the Bible to be in our language. People put those things aside um, because they want, they're so excited about this uh, about the prospect of having the Bible in Chaldean.
0: Yeah, people are willing to put aside their old grudges in the name of unity and in the name of hearing God's word in their own language. So why are we sharing these things with you? To introduce you to other members of the body of Christ? Yeah? Uh, To help you learn about another part of the world? Sure, we think those things are really, really important, Uh, but that's not all. Knowing about these things, we believe, can help you in your own life and in your spiritual walk with the Lord. And we we want to share those things with you.
1: Right. right. One of the things um, it can, one of the things it can do is it can help you realize and appreciate the gifts that you have. Right. There are over 500 different translations of the Bible into English. Over 500 different translations of the Bible into English. You can get a children's Bible. You can get a young. You can get a readers' edition Bible. You can get a teen Bible. You can get a men's Bible, a women's Bible, a devotional Bible. You can get theological books commentaries on different books of the Bible. You can get all kinds of things online. You have incredibly well-trained pastors. You should use those resources. You should use them. And, and we, we're not saying this so that like, you feel guilty. You know, like, oh, God, oh I have, you, I've got so much and other people have so little. No, I'm not saying that to make you feel guilty, but rather I'm telling you that you know we want you to use the gifts that you've been given to take advantage of those things to get to know, to, to read, and to dig into the Scriptures and the wonderful riches that you can find there.
0: We also hope that you will remember your brothers and sisters around the world, those who are hungry for a better understanding of God's word, for any resources in in any language. I can't tell you the times that we've been in line at the bank, and you know, you start talking about what you're doing here, because we stick out a little, and um, they'll say, do you have any Bible study resources? And I'll say, about what? Anything. In what language? Any language. They just want to get to know God's word better. It's like it's a locked box and they're just looking for the key they know that there is truth in there and they know that there is life-giving wisdom in the bible and they are looking for ways to connect with it they are hungry for god's guiding word in their lives be encouraged that there are people around the world who know how much truth and how much wisdom there is in the bible and they want to have it so badly
1: we also ask you to remember um Remember those people who have a desire to reach out to language groups that are close to their own homes or other people around them. Like we our work, we are not frontline evangelists. That's not what we do. Like, yeah, we live and we work and we work in, in Botswana, but that's we're not there to be those frontline evangelists. We are there in Botswana to support and encourage and to help build up the local church and local church leaders. Like the church is alive and well in Botswana. Right? I mean, it is, it is thriving there. There are all kinds of different churches that are there and that they're growing. And you know, the, our brothers and sisters in Christ who are at the heads of these churches, they are wise. They are filled with God's Spirit. The, I mean, the Spirit's moving in them, leading them, and, but they deserve the best resources possible, which is why we're working to translate these things into the languages that they use so that they can have the best resources possible so that they can grow in their faith as the church is growing as well. And all, you, we can all, I would also encourage you, please, to pray. Pray for the body of Christ, right? Pray for the body of Christ here in the United States, but also around the world. I mean, yes, pray for us in Botswana, too, but there are Christians all over the world who need our prayers. You know, there is so much division. There's so much infighting and all this kind of stuff. Jesus' prayer was that the believers should all be one. We should be of one mind, you know, that there is unity. And so I would encourage you to continue to pray for people all over the world, um, no, matter where, no matter what country they might be living in, no matter where they might call home, no matter how, what their worship looks like, pray for unity.
0: If you're looking for something closer to home to do, something that's a concrete step you can take, uh, can I challenge you to follow those words of 1 Peter 3, 8, where it calls us to have unity of mind, to, be hum- to have a humble mind, to reach out in gentleness. Maybe invite somebody out for coffee. Somebody you disagree with or somebody that was born into another culture. Don't do it to try to convert them or to convince them of your point of view or change their mind. Do it to simply listen to what they have to say. Find wisdom in their different perspective. Do it with a humble heart and a learning spirit. That's what Jesus calls us to do that's what Peter echoes in his letter and that's what God is calling us to do as well
1: you know if if you feel called to it or you'd like to find out more uh, I'd encourage you to kind of join our, our our team here right so uh, you can join we have a Facebook group that you can check out we have a website uh, the you can sign up uh, we have a table back there in the narthex you can check out some of our uh, some of the stuff that we have, we've got some cool booklets um, that we brought from from Botswana. You can sign up for our mailing list, see some of those things, uh, or stop by or stick around after the service. We'd love to answer any questions that you would you might have. But uh, there's all kinds of things you can do. Um, you know, you can sign up for our newsletter. You can kind of join with us, partner with us in ministry. You can um, donate to uh, donate to support our work um, online, or we have a box back on our table. Or maybe, hey, maybe you want to be a Bible translator too, and you want to. Join, join the work.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, there are two or three projects that could start translations right now if we had more people to help coordinate them. The need is big, uh, and all of us can play a part in that if it's through prayers or finances or going or telling someone else about Bible translation. I remember first learning about it, and I was shocked to find out this need. Um, it's big, and we are so honored to be a part of it. But to bring things to a close, brothers and sisters, God's word is living and active. It is relevant across all time periods, cultures, and languages. Through the Holy Spirit, God's word transforms our hearts and our minds. And God desires that holy transformation for Bakalahati Christians, for us, and for people all around the world. Amen.